That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 258 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm absolutely thrilled that you are listening. First off, I do want to let you know, I got my lawnmower started today. This has been an, a battle that's going on for the last year and a half. I want to give a shout out to my neighbor, Pastor Ted, who helped me strip down the carburetor and get it cleaned out. And my grass is mowed, so I might be able to save a few hundred dollars on buying an electric mower, although I think I'd really like to go electric and just get away from the gas-powered engines completely. Let me know what you think about your mower situation there, because uh, I'm ready to retire this one after about eight or nine years, and it's uh, been giving me some headaches. But hey, folks, I'm going to be sharing my tips with round seven, and in a while we're going to be joined by Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv. Remember that if you have a local footy club that you want to have get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, make sure you drop me a note via email over at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Shoot me a message over on Facebook at a Yank on the Footy Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on or on Instagram, a Yank on the Footy. Love being able to give shout-outs to the local clubs and uh, highlight them. We have a great one for you today as well. Uh, we're, like I said, we're going to be getting into the round seven tips, and this is a, a round that I think is... Uh, I think it could be sponsored by Maccas because at the top, you've got a bun. At the bottom, you've got a bun, those two being great bookend games, if you will. And then you got the bun in the middle, which I think is going to be the other one that's kind of that center bun. Now, I've never had a Big Mac in my life, believe it or not. I was always more of a uh, quarter pounder with cheese person uh, when I would go to McDonald's, but I've not had a hamburger in almost two years either. So let's move on, folks. Today's club of the episode are the Yoronga South Brisbane Devils Football Club. And this club is, of course, located in Brisbane and was founded way back in 1910, winning a premiership in their first year. The women's senior side this week faces Maruchidor, the Ruse, uh, at Leishon Park, while the men's senior side are facing off against the Wynnum Vikings at Leishon Park as well. Now, this is interesting because this is the first club, and there may be others that I just have not run across as of yet, but this is the first club that has a brewery that's sponsoring them. And, and that's not the new part or the unique part, but the Slipstream Brewing Company has crafted a pale ale that they call Devil's Brew to commemorate the club. And if you want to get your hands on one of those, it's only available during their home games at Leishon Park. And according to their uh, Facebook page, they have uh, created a new batch of the beer or the ale I should say for this year now this the women's side from this club has six players who were drafted to the Brisbane Lions AFLW squad their first year in the AFLW when they won the premiership and this club also features somebody that most of you have probably seen and I'm going to link an article uh today that uh Sarah Burt posted on her social media and I'm glad that she did this because I otherwise I would have missed it because I don't always catch the uh stories that are on the Channel 7 website, but uh, this article was about Jamie Howell, and Jamie, along with her teammates, have appeared in a TV commercial for the last couple of years uh, during the AFL games, and Jamie was born with, uh, and you're probably thinking, okay, I know who this is now, Jamie was born with bilateral hearing loss, and she is, she's been wearing a uh, you know, uh, helmet similar to young Mr. Brayshaw from the Demons, um, 
but she is pioneering a new system that's that has reimagined the headgear that she's wearing, and it's helping to cover the cochlear implants that she has. It will also then house a device that's going to send audio signals to that implant that's going to allow her to pick up more sounds and vibrations and that sort of thing and fully immerse herself or more fully immerse herself in the uh, in the game and every aspect of it and hear the whistle and hear her teammates and that sort of thing. And it's an absolutely awesome story. And Jamie, I hope it works out absolutely tremendous for you. I wish the Devils the absolute best going into the 2023 season. I know they've lost a game or two here starting out the year, but I hope things go well. Now, before we get into the tips, I, I, I can't not talk about the uh, the comment that was made the other day, and it and he's apologized, and I, I completely accept his apology, and I, I think it was just a frank conversation uh, James Sicily had about uh, Tasmania being, as I'm going to put it, kind of being a little bit off the beaten path for younger players. Now, I think he quickly realized that this wasn't going to be terribly helpful to the uh, what seems like to be the conclusion of the 19th license being awarded to Tasmania. And it sounds like it's going to be happening this weekend or in the next week or two. Uh, now, I think this could be an absolute footy boom for Tasmania because I have read that there have been a number of instances where the local footy clubs in Tasmania have kind of begun to lose membership. And uh, the Jack Jumpers basketball team has really started to take uh, hold and the notice of of Tasmania. So... I think this is a, a really, really great opportunity for Tasmania. And and you know, let's you know, let's be honest, this this state was impacted like every other one with COVID. Um, just trying to stay solvent with a lot of these clubs. Now, I think we can safely say, and this is not I don't believe this is gonna be coming across as some sort of an insult or anything like that, but you know, does Hobart or Launceston have the nightlife of a Melbourne or a Sydney or a Perth or even Adelaide or Brisbane? Of course they don't. Of course they don't, but but I think you know from reading a bit about these communities, that within a short while I th- I think that that the Tasmanian club, whatever they end up being called, I'm still going for the Hobart Simpsons. Bright yellow uniforms, I think you know, maybe a little cow on there for the don't have a cow. Okay, never mind. Uh, but I think that this might become a destination club of sorts similar to Geelong maybe for like young families who have just had children that like the idea of maybe a quieter lifestyle in Tasmania because you know I think that Geelong has had that luxury where you're still close to to you're still close to Melbourne but you're far enough away removed from it that you're kind of away from the hustle and bustle of it so this may be something that ends up working out really really well for Geelong or excuse me for Tasmania and speaking of Geelong, though, as I was getting back to that, I was reading on to my next line that I had jotted down here. I did uh, read an article today on Code Sports that Chris Scott, the senior coach at Geelong, uh, spoke out in favor of the 19th club. And, and, and I don't know if any coaches, if they were against the new club coming in, would publicly state that. I don't know how well that would work out for them, uh, mainly because who knows, they might find themselves out of the position of coaching the club they're at right now and maybe looking for another job sometime down the road. And there could be one opening in Tasmania. I don't think that's the case with Chris Scott, of course. But, you know, he didn't seem too concerned about how the comp is going to be able to find more talent. And he said that there's clearly enough talent in the comp already. It's just how you distribute it. And he even said that he believes clubs already have too many players on their lists as it is. Which I thought was interesting because most clubs are carrying, what, around 37, 38, maybe 40 
couple more than 40 players on there because you've got a lot that are playing in the VFL as well. And of course, you have injuries that come into play. Um, but that was, I thought, a rather interesting statement that the clubs have enough players or too many players already. So let's, you know, let's just go ahead and say that, you know, Tasmania is going to get that 19th bid. And you have to think, is the 20th all that far behind? It may be a couple of years behind simply because, you know, the Tasmanian one's been going uh, pretty strong here for the last couple of years. But uh, who gets the 20th? And we talked about this a little bit in the live episode that uh, that I did on Tuesday where I had uh, Dr. Tim Althred and Benjamin and Ethan Castle from Americans Watching the Footy and Mick Aussie stopping by for that live episode. And I had a lot of fun with that. And I hope some of you will want to chime in and hop on the podcast uh, next week. But, you know, we talked about, you know, the ACT, possibly Darwin, maybe a third club in Perth. Uh, somebody mentioned... Uh, the area south of Perth, uh, Bunbury, I believe. And I looked at that, and the population there is of, like, the the, the city center and then the surrounding area is only around 100,000 people. I don't know if, if – is that enough of a population to place an AFL club? I don't know. I would think maybe a third one could certainly survive in Perth because, you know, Perth has a significant population. Uh, but, uh, you know – isn't this going to be fun, though, if one goes to Perth? Because, you know, those Victorian clubs are going to absolutely, you know, love debating who gets to make that second or possibly third trip out to Perth during the course of the season while the uh, the, the Dockers and the Eagles, and if it's, there is a third club out there, all rosin up their bows for their violins to play uh, for them making those complaints about that. So let's go ahead and jump into the tips for round three. Excuse me, for round seven, I should say. Last week I went six and three. I missed on Fremantle, big time. I missed on North Melbourne, big time, and on Essendon. I'm going to give myself three quarters of a uh, point for that one. But our first game of the weekend: St Kilda hosting Port Adelaide at Marvel. This is the top of that Big Mac that I mentioned at the beginning. This is a great matchup. You know, you got Port getting an extra days of re- days rest, but they're also doing the traveling. Uh, this has the markings of, of a really really good clash, and I'm. I'm Excited to watch this one. This is going to be one I'll be able to turn on in my classroom in the morning, tomorrow morning before the school day starts. And uh, and so looking forward to that. Now, there are no changes for St. Kilda. Uh, Marcus Winhager is out as the sub. Mason Wood's going to be playing his 100th game. Uh, Kane Farrell's out injured. Todd Marshall's injured. That's going to be a, a big issue. Tom Jonas is out suspended. Jace Burgoyne and Charlie Dixon are back in for Port Adelaide. Uh I'll tell you what, I've been so thrilled to see Jeremy Finlayson having the, the revelation success that he's having this year. Um, but I, I have a feeling this is going to end up being another one of those Ross Lyon master classes in limiting what they allow the opposition to do. Okay, I, I, I just think that's going to happen. I, I made a reference to the, you know Happy Gilmore and Happy learning how to putt right before the uh, final tournament uh, when he was talking to Shooter McGavin. And I think that's kind of what's happening with with St. Kilda is that they're learning how to score after, you know, learning how to play, you know, develop their defense under Russ as well. So I'm going with the Saints to win this one by 11. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to go with them. They've got uh, home. They're not traveling. So I'm going with the Saints on that one. And then we've got Brisbane hosting Fremantle at the Gabba. And Fremantle, you've scuffled the last couple, you know, last week against the Bulldogs. This week's task is not any easier back on the road. 
You're at Brisbane. They've rattled off three wins in a row, including two away from the Gabba, which is great news for Brisbane because they tend to struggle getting away from Queensland. But, you know, Brisbane is heading in the right direction, and I, I'm, I'm really curious to see which Fremantle club shows up because they are, they are like night and day. It's just you don't know what club is going to be there. And I think, the, I think the Dockers play a better game this week than they did last week, but because there's no Rory Lobb to worry about. And I, and I did not go through the Brisbane list to see if there's anybody that uh, has ever played with Fremantle that, you know, is going to be, you know, worthy of getting, you know, punched and pushed around and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm kidding about that. But I, they need to redouble the focus on the game. Um, and I think I said, I think they play a better game, but I am not going to be tipping them this week. Okay, I tipped them against the Bulldogs and got that one way wrong. I'm going with Brisbane to win this one by 15. Now, I, I think Fremantle plays a better game this week. I think that they realize, and, and this is to take nothing away from the Bulldogs, but I think they realize that they made a tactical error last week by worrying so much about Rory Lobb. So, and again, as far as the ins and outs, uh, Derek Joyce omitted. Jared Lyons is a sub. Ryan Lester is in for Brisbane. Uh, Corey Wagner omitted. Josh Corbett's a sub. Michael Fredericks out injured. Uh, Sam Swakowski back in. Nathan O'Driscoll back in. James H. playing his 150th. Jager Amir playing his 150th as well. And my wife still will not be watching. Then we head to Sydney for the Swans hosting GWS at the SCG. And, and this is not me rubbing salt into a wound. This is not me taking a victory lap. But the Swans, frankly, got embarrassed last week. And it wasn't necessarily all of their fault. The Cats were absolutely humming. They were just decimated with injuries and outs. You know, Buddy was not there. Marty was out. Rampy is out. The McCartan brothers are out. It just, you know, this was the first time they had met since the grand final. Uh, like I said, they've been in, they've been decimated with injuries, and it's just, it is a it's a side that is going to have to figure out how to uh, start winning again here. Dame Rampy may not be back until after the uh, bye week uh, with his neck injury, but he's back in the side, and he's had a, he's had a slow start to the year. But I think that despite that, it's going to open up other opportunities for other people in the forward structure. Okay, I, I really think so. I think you you can't ignore Buddy Franklin. You do that at your own peril. You don't say, "Well, okay, he's 35, 36 years old. Now we don't have to worry about him." You do that, he's going to kick six against you. It's going to happen. So you can't do that. Okay. Now, that being said, the Giants have played some competitive football this year. They've won a couple games. That they've lost a couple. Maybe they shouldn't have lost. They're bringing a few players back. Now let's you know running through things for the Swans. Angus Sheldrick is in. Uh, Lance Franklin back in. Tom McCartan is back in. So half of the McCartan family are back in. Justin McInerney omitted. Matt Roberts is injured. Robbie Fox injured. Will Gould is the sub. Errol Goulden playing game 50. Tom McCartan playing his 100th. And Peter Laddams, number 150. Over on the Giants side, Toby Bedford is debuting. Tom Green is back from suspension. Callum Brown is back as well. Adam Kennedy is injured. Callan Ward is suspended. Harry Roston is omitted. And Sam Taylor is injured. Now, here's the thing, folks. This is my, I guess I'm going to call it an upset because Sydney was in the grand final last year. But this is going to be my upset special for the round. I'm going for the Giants to go into the SCG and to win this one on a late fourth quarter goal from their captain, Toby Green. I've got the GWS Giants winning this one in an upset by four points. I think it's going to be a whale of a game. I think that the Swans play 
much better than they did last week, but I, I just have a feeling that the Giants go ahead and sneak out of there with this one. And then we head to Marvel with the Bulldogs hosting Hawthorne. And the Bulldogs, they headed to West Coast last round, to the West Coast, and they took care of business. They throttled the Dockers, the reeling Dockers. A lot of changes here. Tom Libertori is out injured. Toby McLean is omitted. Marcus Bontempelli is playing game 200. Bailey Smith is back in. I bet his hair is going to look great. Uh, Josh Weddle debuting. Max Ramsden debuting for Hawthorne. Uh, Josh Ward also in. Mitch Lewis back. Will Day is back. Cam McKenzie omitted. Connor McDonald omitted. Denver Granger Barras omitted. Jack Scrimshaw is the sub. Max Lynch is out. And Ned Long is omitted. Now, I think that with this being Bont's 200th game, and despite you know the last great effort week last week in Tasmania where they almost pulled off what I guess we would have to call an upset against Adelaide, I don't think Hawthorne is going to get the points this round either. I think they're going to come up short. I think the Bulldogs celebrate Bontempelli's 200th game in style. I've got the Bulldogs winning this one by 14 points. And again, I think it's going to be a competitive game, but I think the Bulldogs are too good of a side for them right now. And then we've got Melbourne hosting North Melbourne at the MCG. Josh Shackey's debuting for Melbourne. Bailey Laurie's a sub. Harrison Petty is injured. Daniel Howe omitted. Darcy Tucker omitted. Will Phillips omitted for North Melbourne. Callum Coleman-Jones and Jai Simkin back in for North Melbourne. Now, I have tipped the ruse several times this year. They've, they've kind of tempted me with those first two wins of the year to say, we're going to get a third. We're going to get a third. Tip us again. Tip us again. They've dropped their last four games by an average of 40 points. They started off 2-0. They've gotten hammered pretty hard these last four weeks. Now, have they taken things away from that? Have they learned from that? Have they grown? Sure, I think they have. But I don't think they're ready to go toe-to-toe with the Ds. You know, the Ds, they rebounded from the round five loss against the Essendon Bombers. Uh, they took out the struggling Tigers. Uh, there's no way I'm tipping the ruse this week. And that's not to take a shot at the ruse. I just think the D's are way too good of a side, okay? I've been wrong with them the last couple weeks. The D's are pretty healthy. Max Gone is back. I'm going with the D's to win this one by three goals. Uh, I, I just think they're too good of a side right now. And then we've got the West Coast Eagles hosting Carlton at Optus. The Eagles have battled hard. Again, they're still, you know, with a lot of injuries. A number of things, you know, have gone wrong for them again this year. Uh... Josh Rotham playing his 50, 50th game. Luke Shuey's out injured. Rhett Bazo is out, uh, is, is out as a sub. Zane True is out, omitted. Shannon Hearn back in. Xavier O'Neill back in. For Carlton, Jesse Motlop suspended. Lockie Cowan managed. Lockie O'Brien um, is out as well. Matthew Kennedy omitted. Adam Saad, Brody Kemp, and Sam Doherty back in for Carlton. Now, bottom line here for Carlton, if folks, if you've not managed to look at the ladder, and look at the percentage of the top 11 teams, top 10 teams. Now, granted, they are sitting number eight right now, so they are in the eight. But if you watch Sesame Street as a child, they used to sing a song that said, one of these things is not like the others. One of these things just doesn't belong. And they were trying to help you differentiate between, you know, different shapes and things of that nature. Um, their percentage is down to just a hair over 92, and everybody else is well over 100. And sitting right behind them are a couple clubs that are also well over 100. The Cats have the second highest percentage. Okay, This is, to me, a must-win game for Carlton, and this is a must-dominate the scoreboard for Carlton. This is not a let's-just-get-out-of-here-with-a-six-point win. This is one where they have to 
take the wounded opponent, take him by the behind the woodshed, and just beat the ever-loving tar out of them and try to hang a 50 or 60-point win on them. That, Carlton needs to do that to start to rebound some and recapture some of that percentage. Okay, they've lost a ton of it over the last few weeks. And this is, again, a, still a side that I see playing finals, but they have to get some some help from their smalls up forward and not rely so much on Harry Mackay and Charlie Kernow to score almost every single goal for them. You know, the Blues have lost to two good, good clubs in back-to-back weeks with the, the Crows and the Saints. I think they're going to win this week. I'm not sure if they're going to get the percentage boost they want, though. I, I think they're going to win it by about 20, okay? But I do think Carlton gets the win. They do add a few points to the percentage, however. And then we've got Essendon hosting Geelong at the MCG. And, yeah, well, the Cats got the opportunity to go home last week to raise the premiership flag at GMBHA Stadium. And the comp said, well, that's enough of that shit. You're not playing another home game for this week. They're back on the road again at the MCG to face off against the Bombers. The Bombers have been a very pleasant surprise, okay? Don't get me wrong. This, You know, I... Uh, the principal at my school, the administrator at my school, has, has become an Essendon supporter, and he's probably going to listen to this, so... Jeff, how are you doing, sir? Um, after the uh, the loss to Collingwood the other day, I did see somebody posted online a picture of Dyson Heppel standing outside of a uh, a shop of some sort with his dogs, and uh, um, it the comment on there was, and somebody made this up, you know, why are Essendon players not allowed to walk dogs because they can't hold on to the lead. So I hung that on the door outside of his office uh, that morning. It didn't make it till the end of the day, though. So it got up there for a little while, though. But, you know, the Bombers, like I said, they've been a very pleasant surprise. They're a fun group to watch. Um, you know, but they disappeared in the fourth quarter last week. And that's not necessarily a shot at them. Or if is it more of having to just tip my cap to the Magpies for what they did in the fourth quarter. Because it was a track meet. It was a lot of fun to watch. You know, I, I mentioned uh, in the live episode the other day... <clears throat> I was so impressed by what I saw Bo McCreary doing. I mean, he's just, you know, and again, I'm a huge Brody Majacek fan, but McCreary is just one of those players that I think is going to make a career of angering the supporters of 17 or possibly now 18 other clubs where he goes and does something where they just go, God bless it, that McCreary kid. He's done it to us again. I just have a feeling that sort of thing is going to happen. Okay. Um, a lot of ins for Essendon this week. Excuse me. Sam Draper's playing game 50 already. Dyson Heppel's being managed. Uh, Jaden Verde's out injured. Anthony McDonald, Tippin Woody, Harrison Jones, Massimo, D'Ambrosio, Nick Hind, and Zach Merritt are all listed on the extended interchange right now. Cam Guthrie is out injured for the Cats. Brandon Parfit, Jed Buse, Jonathan Segler, and Tanner Brune are also on the extended uh, interchange. We shall see who comes in with that one. You got uh, Jack Bowes, Sam Simpson, Ollie Henry, Mitch Knevitt, Mitch Nevitt there as well. All right. I am going to think, and I'm going to go with the Cats winning round one of the Scott battle. I'm just going to go to Chris this time. I've got the Cats taking this one by 10 points. Yes, I'm, I'm tipping my own club. Okay, I'm tipping my own club here. Yes, I think Cats get this one done. And then we move on to my favorite game of the round. The Gold Coast Suns make the trip down to Melbourne to face the Richmond Tigers, say it with me, at Marvel Stadium. Ah! 
I'm chuckling inside. Um, the Suns are going to be without uh, my predicted Brownlow winner, uh, Tuke Miller, for a while following a knee injury. The Tigers are going to be without Dion Prestia and Maurice Rioli. The Tigers are on the ropes. Okay, they're one, one win, one draw, and four losses right now. I think they're sitting 16th. Uh, they don't have a first-round pick ne next year. I think their season could you know, head south much, much more quickly than they want it to. This is a wounded side, but there are quite a few people that are on this list for this game that have not one, not two, but maybe even three premiership medals that they can hang around their neck anytime they want to and they can cherish forever. The Suns are going to need to find a way to fill that void from Tuke Miller not being there. Great collector of the ball, just, you know, the, the, the dynamo that helps to make that, in, that midfield go. Now, I think if they can figure out how to do it, I think that they, if they figure out how to replace Tuke Miller or to find somebody who can do many of the things Tuke Miller does, not all, you're not replacing Tuke Miller, I think they could get a much-needed road win. I do, however, think the Tigers are going to find a way to overcome this Melbourne road game of theirs and get the win. And I got the Tigers winning this one by nine points. And just in case uh, anybody is not sure how to do this, I know I have mentioned uh, that, you know, between the MCG and Marvel Stadium that there is that two-kilometer-wide crock-filled river and the 20 kilometers of desert uh, between uh, the two stadiums. And then Gil McLaughlin, one of the last things is he, that he has done before he leaves as the CEO is he opened up a 200-meter-wide uh, uh, open field covered with broken Lego pieces, okay, between the two stadiums because, you know, it's it's really tough to get there. So just in case, you know, Tigers fans, you're not sure how, um, I did look it up for you. So from the Punt Road Oval, um, you're going to take State Route 20 to Power Street uh, in South Bank. You're going to get on the M1. And uh, you're going to take exit W3 to Navigation Drive in Docklands. And then you're going to take the Warren Jerry Way exit from Docklands Highway, State Route 30, State Route 55. And then you're going to follow the Harbor Esplanade and Bork Street to Stadium Access Road. So I hope that helps you find Marvel Stadium for this game. I'm tipping your club to win, but of course I did have to poke a little fun because you are playing at Marvel this week. Now we head to the last game of the round. And uh, Adelaide is hosting Collingwood. This is the bottom of that Big Mac that I was telling you about. Now, I read today that uh, Rory Laird left training last night with uh, calf tightness. So I think if this was a game where I was going to be placing a wager, I would probably bet the over on this game. I think this is going to be an absolute goal fest. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this one. Now, I've never placed a wager on anything in my life. I don't do that. I've never done it. I've never been in a casino in my life. Now, that's, and again, I'm not, if you enjoy those things, by all means, enjoy them. But it's just, it's just never been something that has interested me much at all. So, um, you know, I think with it looking like Rory Laird's going to miss, I think the Crows might be in a little bit of trouble in the midfield. Of course, you've got one of the best midfielders in the game who's going to be out. And these Magpies seem to be on a mission. And if this was a game that was being played at the MCG, I would probably tip the, the Magpies without any hesitation. With it being in Adelaide, and if Laird is in the 22, I would go with the Crows. Uh, if not, I would go with the Pies. But that being said, I'm only allowed to get um, one tip. And I'm going with the Crows to win this one. And I think it's going to be an awesome, fun game. Uh, you know, I, I did not... Uh, I want to go back because I did not do the uh, 
the uh, ends for the Richmond Gold Coast game. So let me cover Adelaide and Collingwood first of all. Uh, Harry Schoenberg is scheduled to play his 50th game, but he's on the extended interchange right now. Uh, Ned McHenry is out as a sub. Braden Cook, Elliot Himmelberg, Schoenberg, and Matt Crouch are listed as in. Rory Laird is listed in the in the uh, 22 for this week as of right now. Harvey Harrison is going to be debuting for Collingwood along uh, with Nathan Murphy joining him. Taylor Adams back in the side as well. And again, I'm going with Adelaide to win that one by 13. Now, looking at the Richmond game with Gold Coast, which I forgot to mention, uh, Levi Casbolt being rested. Tuke Miller is out. So Alex Davies, Alex Sexton, Huego Huey, Joel Jeffrey, and Rory Atkins are all in. Uh, Ivan Solo is scheduled to play his 50th game. He is not listed in the extended interchange. So Jacob Bowers debuting. DM Prestia, Maurice Rioli, uh, Prestia managed, Rioli injured. Uh, Jack Ross coming in along with Nathan Broad and Tyler Sonsi. And again, I'm tipping Richmond to win that one by nine points. So there are my tips for this round. And uh, let's go ahead and jump over to my friend Mick Aussie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely stoked to be joined by my mate, uh, Mick Aussie. Mick, how are you doing on this beautiful afternoon, sir? Yeah, good, mate. And on Triple M, they have a segment, Friday Brag Artist. Well, I might brag a bit. I went 9-0. and I mean, a few other people did, obviously, but I can't recall the last time I went 9-0. and It was probably like two or three years ago. So I got a bit lucky, but... Yeah, a few other people did as well, but it felt nice to go 9-0 and zero money line win. Now, let me ask, can I ask you a real quick question? This is kind of off subject here because I, I you know, and again, I've never placed a bet on anything in my life, but I'm re- I'm reading some articles on Code Sports right now, and they have like the 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 money things on here. So it it's it, it people who do place bets on things are gonna laugh at me right now, but it, it has Port Adelaide. And the Saints. And next to the Saints, it says a dollar forty-eight, and the power it says two seventy-five. Does that mean that if, if I was to bet a dollar on the Saints and and I won, I would get a dollar forty-eight back? And if I bet a dollar on the power, I'd get two seventy-five back? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, hundred percent correct. Okay, okay. I just I never knew what those numbers meant, uh, and I just and again, I'm not planning on placing a wager, but I, I just I feel a little bit like a knucklehead for not having known those things, and you know. But uh, you know, talking about point differential and that type of thing. So you know, we've got uh, we've got nine great games this week. I I describe them as kind of like uh, this week's games are kind of like a Big Mac. You know, you got with the two, you know, you got the two buns on both ends being great games, and then you got the one in the middle with uh, Essendon and Geelong as kind of that middle bun of the Big Mac there. So you know, the fir- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the, the first you know the first game of the weekend, of course, is uh, St Kilda hosting Port Adelaide at Marvel and. Uh, you know, this is, I think, is going to be one heck of a matchup here. I can't wait to wait to watch this. Cannot wait to watch this in tomorrow morning. Yeah, well, the Saints have um, lost lost to Port Adelaide a fair bit over the recent times, and the Power have done okay at Marvel, but Saints start six-point favorite, and they sure did beat down the Blues, so that was a good win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for the Saints. Um, could be a good one, though. Could be really, really close and absolutely one of the games of the round. And uh, looking forward to that one, actually. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I, I just think with, you know, Jonas out and Todd Marshall out, I think Port's going to have a little bit more of a difficult time 
uh, you know, scoring, you know, they, they've lost the opportunity bringing Georgie Addison since he did his ACL last week in a, in a, uh, VFL, I think it was a VFL game. I believe is what they, what it was called, right? Uh, a sample game. I'm sure. Um, that he hurt his knee. Um, so he's done for the rest of the year as well, but yeah, I went with the saints on this one too. I just think that, you know, that, uh, you know, they really dictated to Carlton what uh, they were going to let them do last week. And and I think they're probably going to try to do, they're going to identify whatever it is that they can exploit from Port Adelaide and try to do the exact same thing again to them too. So I went with the Saints on this one as well. So you and I are both in agreement on that one. Yeah, I need to, uh, I need to pay a bit more attention to the Saints. Obviously, Ross Lyon's done well, but I haven't seen them play a lot this year. So I've got to start to take them serious absolutely i do oh they're they're a fun squad to watch i mean it's just it's it's kind of infectious and you know when they when they pan the camera up to ross in the press box you just you can just see it's it, it's not cockiness at all it's it's like it's coming along this is going pretty well i like what i'm seeing here um it just looks great um yeah so we're heading up to the gabba for the second round second game of the round with Brisbane hosting Fremantle. And uh, I don't know what Fremantle side is going to show up this week, quite frankly. Yeah, they've been terrible, haven't they? The, yeah. The, uh, they're 30-point underdog. Lions, what about Charlie Cameron? A7 gold. Oh, how did the Crows let him go? That's disgraceful. Well, but anyway, good luck to him. Yeah. Yeah, they had a nice win, nice win against the Giants. Uh, Brayshaw for the Dockers' knee. He's got knee trouble, so he's in doubt. Frederick's injured. I just can't see the Dockers scoring or getting anywhere near the Lions, especially at Brisbane. I like the Lions to win and win by more than 30 if you're going to bet the plus minus. Okay, yeah, and I, I went for I went for 15, but, you know, again, I, I, I don't look at those numbers specifically. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I think Brisbane's going to win this one. I think Fremantle unfortunately I think they're about to go maybe go into a free fall because they've got a tough schedule coming up here pretty soon. If I'm not mistaken, they've got some pretty tough games coming up uh, for them because they've got uh, after this week, you know, they've got, uh, well, they've got Hawthorne, then Sydney, Geelong, Melbourne, Richmond. I mean, so they've got, you know, Hawthorne might be, you know, a winnable game for them, but the way Hawthorne played Adelaide, you never know, but they've got some tough games coming up here. So Hawthorne or, uh, Fremantle might find themselves buried in the uh, on the ladder here with that before they even get a chance to get back up, you know, get back up again. Yeah, I think they're pretty much done. I just can't see how they're going to get back to being better. Yeah, losing obviously Monday, Monday retired, but Fife will be back soon. But yeah, they need those big bodies in yeah. the midfield, you know, and they're I, just really struggling. And I did read that uh, when Fife comes back, you know, the experiment with playing him up forward is going to be over, and they're going to put him back in the midfield. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So we're heading to the SCG for the third game of the round. You've got GWS getting together with the Swans for the the, the first time this year. And uh, ugly loss for the Swans, and this is not me gloating last week, but uh, what are you thinking on this one? Wow. Hey, some people thought the Swans might beat your Cats. I was one of them. I did pick the Cats, but 93 points. That's that's just absolutely terrible. I mean, their back line's in trouble. We know that. Right, right. The Giants, Giants are an average team, but, you know, they might be some sort of a chance this weekend in the Battle of the Sydney teams at mm -hmm. the SCG. 
Swans are favoured by 15. I'll pick the Swans, but not with any confidence at all. So it could be an absolute ripper in Sydney. Well, I, I, I took GWS in this game um, because, you know, Rampy's going to be out for the foreseeable future due to a neck injury. You know, uh, Tommy McCartan's back in. Buddy Franklin is, is back in. But, uh, you know, while Buddy is, you know, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, he's had a bit of a slow start this year. But you can't leave Buddy Franklin alone because it's friggin' Buddy Franklin. If you do, he's going to six. He's going to kick six goals on you without you realizing it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, I even went so far to say that that Toby Green is going to kick the, the game-winning goal inside of two minutes to win by four. <laughs> And wouldn't he love it? He would love it. Yes, yes, he would. I just, you know, GWS has played some close games this year. Um, I know they lost to the Eagles. That that, that was the Eagles' lone win this year. But they played some pretty close games this year against some quality sides. And I, you know, uh, Tom Green's back in this week. So I just just think that, that they might have a shot this week. And this is kind of my upset special, if you will, for the week. So. Well. Yeah, take the Giants to get within 15 points, and then if they win, you, uh, you've you got a double whammy. So, yeah, there you good, go. There you go. So then we then we go back to Marvel again, and you've got the Bulldogs hosting Hawthorne. And, you know, the Bulldogs just, you know, they took uh, Fremantle out behind the woodshed last week, and Hawthorne played, played your Crows really, really tough. Well, <laughs> Crows were definitely lucky. A couple of late great goals, but... What about the dumbass of the week? It's got to be James Sicily, their captain. Uh-huh. He dissed Tasmania. Oh, my God. He dissed him. And then his apology was, like, so over the top. I'm just cracking up laughing. Yes, yeah. Yeah, this I just. Apology because Hawthorne is sponsored by the government of Tasmania. Like, dumbass of the week. Sicily well, does stupid things on the field, but he's a good player. Oh, he absolutely is. But, you know. Sometimes, sometimes people say things uh, that they, as soon as it comes out of their mouth, they go, that wasn't the smartest thing I could have said, but you know, but you know, I, and, and I'm, and I'm not saying that he's wrong because I, I mentioned this in the stuff that I recorded earlier tonight. I, I, I don't think people that live in Launceston or Hobart are going to say that, you know, that they have the quote unquote quality of nightlife that a Melbourne has. I mean, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're going to acknowledge that. I mean, they're they're different places. But I I hypothesized about something here, and let, and tell me if I, you think I'm completely off base. You 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 are born and reared in Australia. You just went back recently. I said that once the, once the Tasmanian team comes in, I said that maybe within a decade, maybe within a decade, that the Tasmanian club becomes maybe one of those like destination clubs for young families, kind of like the cats have been where they get out of the hustle and bustle of Melbourne, that this might be a community where, you know, you know, the, the young 26, 28 year old and his wife with the, you know, the, the two young children, you know, decide they want to raise their, their, their kids somewhere quiet, that this, this might be an attractive place for them to do that away from all of the busy that's Melbourne. And it's not to denigrate Melbourne, but there may be some people that think that they want to go that route. Well, absolutely. That's why I love the city of Adelaide. But yes, the Tasmania—they're gonna—it's gonna be announced. They're saying this weekend that the uh-huh. stadium. I did hear today that the AFL said that they must have a roof. But you know, it's on my list to go there because I take the girlfriend somewhere new each trip, and I haven't been to Tasmania myself. 
I still got a good friend from uh, Woodville, played for the Crows as well, Johnny Klug. I still talk to him, terrific fella. So mm-hmm. I'd love to take it. I'd love to get in the car and drive around Tasmania and and go to a game there in a few years. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, it's. I mean, I've watched several documentaries on Tasmania and the uh, you know the wildlife and that sort of thing there, and it, it it's gorgeous. It's beautiful there. Um, you know, and I, I'd like to go simply for that reason to go do the sightseeing, so that sort of thing. But back to the Bulldogs and Hawthorne, because you know, yeah, James Sisley. Yeah, as as they they said in the the key and peel thing, you done screwed up a a Ron, uh, but uh, he fixed it I think as much as he could. He went a little over the top possibly, but uh, who are you looking at in this Bulldogs Hawthorne matchup here? Yeah, look, the Hawks don't play that well at Marvel. Uh, the Bulldogs are favoured by about eighteen. The Bonton Pelly two hundred games hasn't had a great year so far oh. as well. I like the Bulldogs to win and win well. They're three and three, so they're going to start to move up that ladder, take the bullies to win and absolutely probably maybe win by more than 18. I, I said the exact same thing there. I said the exact same thing. I think I had 15 but or 14 or 15, but yeah, it's it's. It, I think it's going to be a double-digit win for them. Uh, you know, Bailey Smith is back in as well. They're going to miss Liberatory this week, so that's going to be a big out for them. And then we head back to the MCG for Melbourne hosting North Melbourne. And, uh, you know, I've, I, I, I called myself out because I have, I have tipped North Melbourne many times this year when nobody else has, um, I'm not doing it this week. Uh, so what are you thinking on this one? <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying you thought they were going to win last week. You, you're going to get off that bandwagon right I, there. I have I, I I fell off the back of the bandwagon. Yes, I yes I did. But hey, just when you look like you know this week looks like maybe three close games, but it's weeks like this that the upsets can happen. So you never know. That's favoured by about thirty. Yeah, they beat the Tigers with some sort of struggle, but uh, yeah, I think the Demons will get on a roll and win by more than thirty and. Uh, Keep going along nicely. Oh, they're just outside the eight. So I'm three on three in uh, ninth position right now. So they need that win. Yeah. And, you know, you look at, you know, you look at the ruse and, you know, I went and did the, I looked at the numbers there. They're, they've lost four in a row after that two and oh start. And those last four games they lost have been by an average of 40 points a game. Wow. I mean, yeah. they have, they have been, you know, dismantled a couple of games. Now I, I think that they're still, going to become a quality side. I just don't think they have enough pieces in place yet. I think they need another, they need another key forward to go, uh, to go up forward uh, with Larky, but uh, you know, they, they need some, they need some pieces yet, but I I've climbed off the bandwagon for this week. And the, yeah, things yeah. like the rooms, they get a few injuries. It really does show yeah. them up. Exactly. Without- exactly. Yeah. And I, uh, we head out to West Coast now to Optus for them hosting Carlton. And, you know, the Eagles have played hard this year, but they have, again, been so decimated with injury that you know, there's just no way around it. 2023 is a is almost a carbon copy of 2022, except for they've not had to go down and uh, hire the drive-through, the kid working the drive-through at the uh, Hungry Jacks next to the Optus Stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what do you what are you thinking on this one? Because I I I uh well I have my thoughts on this one. 
What was that one? Sorry. I said I have my thoughts on this one. What What are you thinking on this one here? Because I think this is a this is a must win for Carlton, and I think that they need to you know just literally beat the brakes off of uh, the Eagles and try to win this one by 60, 70 points to to gain some percentage back because they're they are way behind the percentage eight ball right now. I mean, down at ninety two percent. I mean, they're they're the lowest out of I think the top ten teams on the ladder. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're starting to struggle, aren't they? Losing to the Saints by twenty two. They're favoured by thirty over there in Perth at Optus. Yeah, there's Benny Cousins. He's back from rehab and trying to sort his life out. The former <laughs> Eagles star. He's actually picked the Eagles to win. I heard today, but no. I'd like the Eagles to get within 30. They might push the Blues. Yeah. Um, oh, Peter Stumich, the former full forward for the Eagles, he absolutely dissed the crap out of the Eagles, their whole organisation, what's their identity. So, yeah, he dissed them in a newspaper article. Peter Stumich, a bit of a legend player. Blues yeah. to win, but Eagles might push them. Yeah, I was just reading a uh, an article over on Code Sports, and uh... – I'm able to share a couple of articles each month. So month, so I'll send you a uh, a link to it. But um, it was an article about uh, like there being more pain for uh, Carlton under Michael Voss. Basically, you know, kind of throwing Voss under the bus that he may not be the answer. Um, so yeah, uh, blue set for more doom and gloom under Voss. So I'm able to I'm able to share a couple of articles each week or each month. So I'll I'll send that link to you when we wrap up, so you can check that one out. Because uh, this was somebody named Mick McGuane that that uh, analyzed them. Oh, was that Mickey McGuane, the former Collingwood player? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, hey, okay, great. Yeah, he's a very good player. Um, but yeah, the the Mackay's not kicking straight. There's something wrong there. But yeah, I don't, I wouldn't blame the coach. I'd blame the players. They kind of get a bit arrogant over there at Carlton, the supporters as well. Yep, yep. So we head back to the MCG again, and we've got Essendon hosting Geelong. I won't tell you who I tipped because I think you probably already know. So what are you thinking on this one? Because I think this, to me, this is the middle bun on the Big Mac right here. (laughs) Well, the Bombers are sitting in second, I believe, and uh, no, third, and the Cats are in the eight just. Wow, what a win by the Cats, as we said. And I've had the uh, I've had the wood over the Bombers lately, beating them quite a few times. I need to watch that last quarter still with the Bombers and Magpies. I've only watched part of that game, so I'm mm. looking forward to watching that. Yeah, the Cats are favoured by 15. Oh, I might be closer than that, but I will take the Cats to get it done. Bombers on a five-day break, is uh, that should be a factor in the Cats' favour. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right there. Yeah. Um, and again, this is the first, you know, this is the first battle against again between the uh the Scott brothers as well. So um that could be an interesting aspect of it too. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And I'll tell you what, you know, one of my one of the players that I am really beginning to enjoy watching play the game because you know, the, just the energy and the style he plays the game and it's, he's just fun to watch. I absolutely wa- love watching Sam Draper play. <laughs> Absolutely love watching Sam Draper play the game. He is, he's a well, lot of fun. Well, if you, 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 I know you watched my show with Gabe last week. I actually sent through the picture of of Sam Draper with his mullet and his yep, mustache. Yep. Boy's got a kick out of that. Oh yeah, yeah. He he is he is awesome to play or to watch play. 
So we head down to uh, back to uh, Melbourne for Richmond hosting Gold Coast uh, road game for both of them because uh, they're playing this one at Marvel Stadium. Um, yeah, Tuke Miller had, uh, I think, meniscus surgery on his knee, so he's going to be out for a while, which kind of blows my uh, Brownlow medalist choice out the window for this year again. Um, you know, Dion Presti is out. Maurice Rioli's out. Uh, just a lot of injuries for Richmond. What are you thinking on this one? Oh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping the Suns can get it done. I really am. They've done well against the Tigers recently. Right, right. But I'm going to tip the Tigers just, but that could be an upset special of the week, I believe. The Tigers are missing Lynch up forward. He's a bit of a flog, but he's a very good player. <laughs> And, oh, yes, the old Marvel. Hey, poor old Tigers fans having to go to Marvel. Marvel. Let's hope the Suns win, but you're right, they'll miss Tuke Miller. Yeah. Uh, Tigers, one win and one draw for the season. I think they're in big trouble. I don't think yeah. they'll make the eight. No, I, I don't I don't think they're necessarily going to make the eight. Now, I tipped Richmond in this one as well. Um, yeah, and I, I, I said it could go either way, but I went with Richmond just because they are playing in Melbourne. Uh but you know, Noah Cumberland has actually looked pretty decent replacing Tom Lynch. Uh, he's been a nice addition. So that that he's you know he's helped to take some a little bit of the pressure off of Jack Rewall. But again, there's not enough you know to to overcome all the injuries that that uh, Richmond has at this point in time because you know they're really really dinged up. So yeah, yeah. good, yeah. And, good. <laughs> and, and then we then we get to the bottom bun. On the Big Mac or the top bun, if we if it got put in the bag upside down, we'll go with the top bun because it's your Adelaide Crows hosting the Collingwood Magpies. Now, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, I guess because uh, it's Thursday right now, but Thursday evening, Thursday evening, Rory Laird left training with some tightness in one of his calf muscles. So. <laughs> I did hear that okay. today on Sports Sports Day. No, on Triple M with Jarman and Bluey and uh, Vince. They mentioned that. Said okay. he hobbled, hobbled off with a calf. Well, if yeah. he struck it, he will be out. You, you just can't muck around with those injuries. I've had them myself. It's such a, like I said, it's a small muscle, but it's so important and it can mm -hmm. take weeks to get them right. So, right, right. Big out. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. So, what, what are you thinking on this one? Well, magpies are looking good, aren't they? But yes, they I'm are. Gonna upset. The reason I'm going to go for an upset is the magpies have only just beaten the crows in Adelaide when the crows were terrible. And again, that five-day break that the magpies will have and the mental letdown, like I said with you the other night, they've just come off a massive high, one of the biggest games of the year. They won five-day break over in Adelaide. I think the Crows can get it done. So there's my upset of the week. Crows to beat the Magpies just to Adelaide Oval, and it should be a great atmosphere. Absolutely. Oh, it absolutely it absolutely will. And that's one that is that's one that's right on that borderline of is it too late for you to stay up and watch it live? Because I think that's a 1240 AM start for you. So you know it's a 240 start my time. So I won't watch that one until Sunday morning when I get up at about six o'clock. So it'll, it will have just ended 
when I get up to watch it. And then I'll, I'll watch Richmond and Gold Coast after that. But uh, it's, it's going to be, I think, a heck of a matchup. I went with the Crows also. Um, you know, it's, I just, and I, and I, and I actually said, you know, if, you know, if Laird is playing, I'm going to go with the Crows. I said, if he's not, I might go with the pies, but I only get one choice. So I'm going with the home team on this one. I'm going with the Crows to win this one by 13. I just have a feeling they're just, you know, it's been, this has been a, a, a fun club to watch. And, and I think that maybe, maybe this is the point where, you know, and again, you know, the uh the magpies are playing on i think only five days rest also plus they're traveling so that could impact them a little bit as well and if, and if i remember correctly um you know i don't care how fit he is but he'll probably be fine but i i did see it was about partway through the fourth quarter or maybe the third quarter of the game the other day that nick dacos had run uh he'd hit almost 13 k's still in the third quarter. So that young man had been running his behind off. Uh, so is he going to be recovered? Probably, but uh, maybe, maybe it'll you know cost him a little bit of energy at the end of the game. And maybe the crows turn the table on the magpies and do to them what they did to Essen in the week before. Well, they're all talking that Nick Dacos has maybe had one of the best starts to his AFL career since someone like Chris Judd. He is right. absolutely. Good on him, like, really skillful player. But you're right. I mean, the Crows, if they get the ball first, but if they're up at three-quarter time, they got to be careful because we saw mm-hmm. the way oh, they yeah. can turn it on and the way they yeah. overtook the Bombers. So it's going to be a good game. 12.40 start. Well, if I'm going out Saturday night, I might sit up and watch it, but then that's dangerous if I get to bed at four in the morning. I better not do that. <laughs> So you get up and we get up that and watch that one with your coffee in the morning then, right? Yeah, yeah, I better okay. do. Okay, so um before we uh before we wrap up uh in just a few minutes uh round 1 of the NFL draft is going to be taking place. And the first pick of the draft is going to the Carolina Panthers and I and I've not seen them make a commitment to you know, I believe they're taking a quarterback, but it's supposedly it's between that the the gentleman by the name of Young from Alabama, or the Stroud kid from uh, Ohio State. Ohio State. Who do you see the Panthers taking with the number one pick? Yeah, I think it's going to be that young guy. But um, I'll be honest, I normally absolutely love the NFL draft. I will uh-huh. be watch. I will be watching it tonight. But with so much else on. And the main reason I haven't paid as much attention so far, I mean, I listen to Gabe and Rick Saratella and I listen to some good good podcasts of the draft. Mm-hmm. But the Broncos, we got no picks. We gave them all away for Russell Wilson. So I can't, <laughs> we got nothing. I don't know what we got, one in the seventh round maybe? I don't know. It's going to be a well, terrible night for Broncos fans. You you and I can kind of commiserate about that because you know the Browns are kind of in that same predicament be, you know, because they don't have a uh they don't have a pick until I think pick number 74. But they you know, but I think they actually made a they actually made a decent uh move um picking up the uh really good uh fast wide receiver from the Jets by in trading sec, uh, trading a second round pick for a third round pick then. Yeah, they, well, the, the Broncos pick 67 and 68. So they've got two picks at the start of the third round. So right. that's, and they, so that means they will not have a pick at all tonight. Um, 
you know what makes me laugh with this NFL draft? And one of my favourite players ever, he's, the, he's one of the worst. The worst two teams are the Broncos and the Cowboys. The way that Jerry Jones and all his group in the room together and the way John Elway and all his guys, they pick their, they put their pick in and they're all hugging each other and congratulating themselves. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then they go, oh, we got our guy. Yeah, we got our guy. Like they say it all the time. I'm right. like, oh, come on, guys. Stay, well, stay. <laughs> well, I, I think you have to do that. Because, because, because you can't, you can't, you, you know, you can't make the draft, you know, you can't make your pick with all the cameras in the, in the quote unquote war room and people are able to read your lips and they just go, son of a bitch. We got that guy. You know, I don't, I, you can't do that. I mean, you have to be excited about the guy that you took you because you've invested, you know, months and months of studying tape and looking at these things and, you know, you know, poking and prodding and interviewing and doing background checks and all sorts of things. And yet the Browns still managed to draft Johnny friggin' Manziel, you know, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, let's be honest, you or I might've been a better choice at quarterback for the Browns and Johnny Manziel. Cause we're, we're significantly more level-headed than he is. And I'm a wackadoo. Yeah. You're right. in the fact that they got to like, obviously embrace the player they pick. But it's like Elway and Jerry Jones, they always make out, oh, yeah, he was the one we wanted. We had our eye on him and he fell to us. Like It's like they're bullshitting to me. Well, well, the interesting thing about Jerry Jones, though, is that not only does he own the team, he's also the team's general manager. You know, he's (laughs) he's the only owner in the NFL that actually is making the deals for his own his own team. He's the only, you know, only, you know some of them may have say so over, you know, we uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, we'd like you to consider drafting this player or whatever the case may be, but he's actually the one that's making the trades and signing, you know, negotiating the contracts and that type of thing. He's the only person in, in, out of any of the clubs that do that sort of thing, which I guess if it's, if it's your team and you play in Jerry's house in Jerry world, you get to do that sort of thing. But, uh, I'm not sure if he's gonna if he's ever gonna bring a championship to that club while he's still around. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. When was their last Super Bowl when he's controlled and everything? Well, I don't dislike him. I don't, but well, let me still ask, over the top. Well, let me ask you this. When when did you move to to North America? Uh March ninety-eight. March of ninety-eight. Okay. Um, well, the last time they won the Super Bowl. You were still living in Australia. 95, was it? Something like that? Uh, well, they won it in 96. So, yeah, it would have been, I think, a 95 season. They won it in 96. They beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, Um, I guess we have to just say you're the one that jinxed the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> some so, years I like them, some years I don't. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, Jerry's yeah. all right. He obviously pays the TV companies because they show him all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Mick, where can people find your work before we wrap up here, sir? All right. MickAussie.tv, M-Y-K-A-U-S-S-I-E.tv with an AFL section. And then tomorrow night, Friday night, 8, 10-ish Eastern, uh, Sports Grid TV with Gabe Renzi. We run through the AFL all the picks because he loves it as well. And uh, sportsgrid.com or Sirius XM channel 159, you'll find it. And then I do the edit Saturday morning and whack it up on mikozzi.tv. 
Outstanding. Now you're not going to uh, you're not going to try to convince uh, Gabe to to bet on the Eagles this weekend, are you? <laughs> He's probably pissed off at me because I told him that <laughs> I told him that Port Adelaide would cover the fifty two points. Yeah. And so he probably bet on them winning by more than 52 and they only won by 40. So he well, probably picked off at me. You know, 52, 52 is a huge number. I mean, that, that is, that's a, ma- I mean, yeah, that's a massive number. You know, I, 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 I Eagles you play. Well, that, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's, you're right. That is, yeah, they, okay. He should, he should be mad at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He'd well, be mad at Port Adelaide. Well, that, there you go. That that well, that's because you know uh, Marshall got concussed. I'm mad because it you know it it hurt my uh, you know he was my my Coleman medalist pick. So I mean I you know and there I go. I've got I've got my you know Jeremy Cameron from my the team I support who's just going to go ahead and say okay I'm going to go ahead and win it. Which trust me I'm okay with that. But uh, you know he was not the one that I chose. I I took that kind of dark horse candidate there with with him and I just. Because he just—he's a great kick of the ball. You know, he—he he just does. You know, he's very methodical when he goes to it. I'm impressed by the way he kicks it. You know, I'm glad I didn't say Harry Mackay. So, yeah. Well, look, I—I yeah. I actually hope Cameron keeps going, and you know, if he wins the Brownlow, I'd like to see that because it's too often it's the on-ball players. Right, so, right. You know, he might be a chance. He polled well last year, I believe. Well, well. So let me ask you this question, and I don't know the answer to this, but. uh could he? Th- I guess theoretically, because you know the one is not voted on; it's simply by how many goals you kicked. He could theoretically win the Brownlow and the Coleman, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Well, that'd be, be that cool. would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome if that happened. Uh, yeah. Well, Mick, I know you've got things you got to get to tonight, man. I, I do appreciate you coming on, and everybody, please go check out MickAussie.tv. And if you're around your computer or around uh, SiriusXM, check out. Uh, Gabe's show uh when Mick is on there and and other times as well um Mick's gonna give you his tips and he's gonna you know convince uh Gabe you know to be much more frugal when he's wagering on uh Port Adelaide uh in the future but uh I appreciate you coming on man you are you are a uh a, a good friend and it's just uh, I I love your energy and your excitement about the game because uh you really I think are helping you know folks here in North America discover and hopefully fall in love with the game that, that you grew up with and that I that I am madly in love with, quite frankly. Yeah, it's a beauty, isn't it? And I'll end yes, on is. this note. You know, it's great to see some decent, accurate goal kickers because too many of these AFL players are kicking around the corners and no good on set shots like Tex Walker and Darcy Fogarty. Maybe the best set shot for goal in the AFL. I believe he sticks his mouth guard in his sock. I don't like that. But uh, great to see Darcy Fogarty come good and playing well and beautiful kick for goal. Have a great weekend, Yeah, for you too, Mick. I appreciate it, man. Cheers. All right, Mick. Thanks so very much, man. I do appreciate you coming on. You've got our tips there. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can find everything about the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list there. You can subscribe to that. So when new episodes come out, you'll have them in your inbox about five minutes after they're released. You can leave a review, and I hope you'll consider doing that. If you like the show, if you like what I'm doing, if you've laughed a little bit, uh, if you're sh- shaking your head and going, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, um, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think. Okay, You can do that right on my website as well. 
If you want to help support the podcast and keep it up and running, you can certainly do that with the Buy Me a Coffee button that's there as well. You want to leave a voicemail, you can do that. I can incorporate those into uh, future episodes as well. Uh, if you have an idea for a guest, maybe you would be a great guest, uh, please reach out to me. You can drop me a note. You can register as a guest on my website as well. But if you would do that, also send me an email, if you would, or send me a note on one of my socials, at uh, Yank underscore on on Twitter, a Yank on the Footy podcast, or uh, my name, Craig Wessels, on Facebook. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. I do appreciate everybody tuning in. You know, I... I I know there's a finite amount of time that people have in their days, and I hope that I offer something that, that, that you enjoy and want to come back and listen to again. I, I love being able to tell stories. I love talking to people who love this game and learn why they love it and then share their love of the game with other people because there's a lot of us out here that are in the United States. But then I, I just I cannot thank those of you in Australia enough for, enough for sharing this game with me. But ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Check on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Give them a call. Take them out for a coffee. Go get a snag. Okay? Um, I hope everybody enjoys their game this weekend. I hope your team does well. I hope your players stay healthy. This has been episode 258. Again, I appreciate the kind words. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. Again, this has been episode 258 of the podcast. You can find me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com or a yank on the footy.com for my website. And hopefully, you'll get on the mailing list there. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, help out the show. Until next time, everybody, goodbye.